Following is a Janmashtami celebration class given by His Holiness Jayapataka Swami Maharaj on August 31st, 2007 in Carnes, Australia. about the 4th of September, but I'm going to take advantage of my coming to have a special remembrance ceremony today. And this is uh, something that Krishna describes in the Bhagavad Gita, that uh, that he comes in every yuga. Prithyanaya sadhanam vidanshaya jurushkitam sambhavami jude jude. He comes in every yuga to deliver his devotees in order to destroy and annihilate the Christians who are causing innocent people to suffer. And Prabhupada mainly that pleases devotees because uh, there's other, other ways of dealing with miscreants. He doesn't have to personally come to do that. So this is a very wonderful opportunity for us to remember how Krishna, although he is the same personality of God, he had senses that he can come down and he can just... Uh, uh, mixed with his uh, devotees and have loving exchanges in different ways. When he's a child, his parents can shower their parental love on him. Mother Yasoda would be uh, cooking for him, would be massaging him with scented oils, would be bathing him, just like he did in the bath tonight, known as Abhishek. That this uh, bathing when Krishna was first born, then his parents uh, gave him a, a birth bath. So this is the birth bath of the Abhishek. And Krishna, he likes the products of the cows. So we bathe today Krishna in Panchamrita, five kinds of nectar that uh, melt, yogurt, and heat, and uh, also honey as well as uh, some uh, sweet water. Sometimes uh, Krishna is bathed in Panchagabya, which are the five products of the cow, milk, yogurt, ghee, as well as uh, cow dung mixed with water and cow urine mixed with water. Both of these are considered to be antiseptic. Cow urine is also an Ayurvedic cure for about 87 different diseases. There's a uh, doctor in, in uh, Indore, Madhya Pradesh, in India. He came to speak to us when we had a national meeting in Indore, in uh, Ujjain, which is about an hour and a half from Indore. This Dr. Jane, and he gave us a lecture on how medicine on different diseases which modern science had, doesn't have a cure for, didn't cure. He was able to cure them with Ayurvedic medicine and cow urine. 
He's got a website if you're interested in this kind of thing. It's called www.cowurine.com. <laughs> I never looked at it yet, but he told us. He gave us so many case histories of patients with dropsy, with AIDS, with cancer. With so he's, uh, he, he claims that this is a wonder, wonderful wonder drug that the cows have four stomachs. So it gets completely filtered through all the different natural biological stomachs and filters. So the cow is considered to be uh, very important for spiritual life in human society. I know there's a lot of people in the hall, vegans, uh, because of the mistreatment of cows. But at the same time, unfortunately, that cows are sometimes mistreated. We'd like to in the future, just like they have organic milk and organic uh, organic uh, vegetables, to have also have ahimsa milk, where the cows are actually uh, allowed to live their normal term of life and they're protected to the end. And for that, we don't mind paying a slightly a premium, but we'd like to have that kind of non-violent milk. But uh, we do have, like in Mayapur, we have cows, but we don't uh, ever sell them or get rid of them. We keep them until they, until they drop, until their last breath. And there are a few farms like that, but maybe like organic, years ago nobody bothered, but now everybody wants organic products. But organic milk doesn't guarantee that the milk is also non-violent. So maybe in the future we can put some pressure. And if it's profitable, I don't think farmers have any problem. They're just doing it for the money anyway. People are doing organic big corporations, not because uh, they believe in organic, it's just for the money. But uh, it says that the cow milk is actually good to develop finer brain tissues to understand spiritual matters. So that's why it's an important uh, aspect for the Dominical society, for the spiritually oriented human society. And uh, therefore, a part of the ceremonies, the milk products also take a prominent part. Also, Krishna and his Leela, he appeared in Vrindavan where he was uh, bo- uh, born as the son of what everybody knew. Of course, we know that he was actually born of Vasudeva and he was carried over on his uh, birthday to, in the middle of the night, to the village of Nandagram where he was put on the uh, bed of uh, Yasoda and Yasoda had a baby girl and took her baby and brought it back, brought him, uh, her back to the prison house where Vasudeva was kept a prisoner. Because the elder brother of Devaki <coughs> was uh, a very demanding person and when on the wedding night he heard that the eighth son of Devaki would be the cause of his death or kill him or whatever. Then he, since that point, he decided that he would uh, kill the eighth child as soon as he was born. So they showed, look at, well, got a girl, a girl's not going to harm you, so... But uh, he took her by the feet and swing her around and tried to smash her head on the rocks. He was such a base person. But she flew out from his hands and took the form of Durga in the sky and and uh, he respected Durga, so he offered his respect. She said, what are you trying to do? The person who was going to kill you already has gone somewhere else. 
So like the vendor to many so then he made a plan to kill all the babies that were less than one year of age and that way we can get rid of Krishna. So he sent uh, assassins out to murder all the young babies. So that way they thought they'll get Krishna. That's where Puta, that's also something similar actually with Jesus, I think. But uh, this is uh, Putana. She was one of the top child killers. She used to put poison on her breast and assume a very beautiful form and then go and uh, offer her breast to the babies and then they suck the breast, suck the poison and they die. So she thought like that she'll also kill Krishna, went to the house of uh, Yasoda, said what a beautiful baby you have, kuchi kuchi koo, and showed so much motherly affection, can I feed him? And then uh, she put Krishna's uh, face on her breast, and hope okay now Krishna's going to suck the poison and die. But Krishna says in the Bhagavad-gita-gaita-ta-mantapadyante-kansapayagavadamyaham, I reciprocate with the way that people approach me. So one hand she approached her, him as a loving mother, praising him and cuddling him. On the other hand she wanted to kill him. So because she approached him as a mother, after she died he elevated her to the spiritual world where she could serve as a mother of Krishna. But because she wanted to kill Krishna, then Krishna reciprocated with that and he killed her. And he sucked the life air out from her body. And then she was realizing that her life air is leaving the body and she's trying to push off Krishna from her. Because poison can't kill Krishna. So then uh, he was, then she couldn't pull him off, he was holding too tight. And then she died and she went to, and her atma, her soul went to the, to the spiritual world. So like that, it comes away from the very beginning. He was somehow another sending different demons and different kinds of uh, assassins to kill Krishna. And uh, some of them had many mystical powers and could change their shapes and do all kinds of things. But somehow, one after another, Krishna and Balaram, they eliminated all these demons and protected their devotees. But for the most, apart from in between, there's a few demons coming to uh, kill them, and then they killed them instead, the uh, Christian Balaram. But generally, they were having a lot of wonderful pastimes in their very young age. They would go out in the fields with the cowherd boys, and they'd play different kinds of games, sometimes wrestling, sometimes uh, frog hop, sometimes different kinds of cage, you know, whatever kids tend to play. They'd all bring their lunch to have with them, and then the, the friends of Krishna would choose them. Of course, he being the son of the king of Vrindavan, uh, he had everybody asked for the lunch, but he shared with everybody else. And like this, so they, they took turns in feeding Krishna, and he was feeding his devotees. So there's a lot of loving exchange as a friend amongst the friends, the parents, when Krishna became older, when he became a Kishore. Then he uh, also was dancing with the gopis, with the young cowherd girls. So actually started this dance when he was seven years old, just after lifting the Govardhan hill. And uh, when uh, Krishna took the Govardhan hill, when, when actually when Brahma came and stole all the cowherd boys and all the calves to test Krishna, this is this really the Supreme Person I got in there, he just the village kid, his act was so good. 
Even Brahma got bewildered. He couldn't tell. So then uh, Krishna immediately manifested himself as the stolen cow and stolen cat. And Brahma left, but he came back in the minute of his time, which was this was just one year of our calculation, because his time frame is much different in the <coughs> Satya Loka or Brahma Loka where he normally lives at the edge of the universe. His lifespan is uh, billions of years, about four billion years long. His uh, one day, one night, another four, eight billion for years is uh, one of his days and nights. So for him, this is a blink. Uh, a moment that goes by very fast by our time. This one moment is our one year. So he came back and then he saw that the cowherd boys are still there. Nobody was stolen. He got bewildered. But I took all of them. How they here still? He looked in his cave and he saw that the boys were still in the cave. He looked back and saw the boys are still here. So then he is wondering what is happening. When I look there, he puts them there. When I look here, they quickly shift them back here. Or is this a duplicate? How is it possible they can have a duplicate? And he got so bewildered because Brahma, although he's the creator of the universe, he's the, you can say, the first angel in the universe. But he's also nothing compared to Krishna. Krishna's power, his mystical power is unlimited. So the comparison is that Krishna's unlimited mystic power is like the sun. And Brahma's limited mystic power is like a, like a firefly. Here in Cain's carriage, you have butter, you know, there's a lightning bug or firefly. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we have also in India, which is also a tropical place. So, in Tamil, they call mini mini kuchi. <laughs> and uh, in different languages, they have different names. In Bengali, they say jingpoka. Well, they glow at night, but in the daytime, they're glowing wouldn't. Be very impressive compared to the sun. So the idea is like that. When there's nothing else to compare with, Brahma's uh, mystic power looks pretty great. But when you compare it with Krishna, then he is uh, overshadowed. So like this, then uh, Brahma realized that uh, he's playing with the real Krishna. This is the original personality of Godhead. Somehow he's pulling the wool over his eye. He made a duplicate uh, while he had stolen. They fell down at Krishna's uh, lotus feet from Krishna's body. Many Brahmas and many Vishnus and many Lakshmis, goddesses of fortune, they were coming out. So in this way, Brahma, he begged for his forgiveness. To Krishna, begged Krishna for forgiveness for his impudence to test him like that. So Krishna, anyway, this is all just a, one day in his Leela. Not a big deal. The cowherd boys will all return. So while Krishna was expanded as the cowherd boys, and then the real cowherd boys were kept captive in suspended animation in the cage, at that time, Narada Muni came and advised Nanda Maharaj to get all the young boys married, because in India at that time there was child marriage. So by the time they grew in adolescence, I knew this is my wife. They knew each other since they were seven years old. When they grow up and they live together, till then they're married. They've already, uh, but they're not uh, living together until they achieve uh, puberty. So you got everybody married. So technically, all the gopis actually married Krishna because he was all the counted boys. 
Although it appears that they married different cowherd boys, but actually it was Krishna. So there was a natural affection that the gopis had. Also Krishna is the original husband, he's the original Purusha. So this way, and there's those pastimes of Krishna dancing. But when he was seven years old and dancing, there's no question of uh, lust in a seven-year-old. It's not, it's not a sexual dance, it was a dance of loving exchange. So, a much higher level. Like this, there's so many different pastimes of Krishna. Until uh, he speaks of Bhagavad Gita near the end of his life, when he goes to visit Arjuna at the Kurukshetra battlefield. That time the battle, going between the battles, battling armies before the fight started, then uh, he spoke to Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna. Gita means song and Bhagavad means uh, literally of God, of the personality of Godhead. So Bhagavad Gita is the song of the personality of Godhead. So there we're getting the teachings right from the Lord's uh, lotus mouth. So Krishna, he was saying that actually to be born as a human being. In fact, we read this morning in the Srimad Bhagavatam 10th Canto. That it's a very rare gift. It's a gift of Krishna. Because as a human being we're able to understand what is the purpose of spiritual life. In the animal species, they also have uh, sense gratification, but human beings can understand that just the gratification of the senses in itself is not really the purpose of life, because anything we do with our senses gets us, uh, that's not a devotional service, gets us entangled in karma. And if you have good karma, then we can enjoy some happiness in the material world, maybe uh, because you're all in Australia, because of some good karma, there's a lot worse places to be in the world. At the same time, it's not that you have to be here in the material world to uh, to experience your karma. And if whatever bad karmas we have, we have a, we have cancer, we have so many diseases, we have AIDS, we have different problems, mental stress, illegal problems. So good and bad karma, they are affecting everyone. And uh, it's all relative uh, how much of our enjoy. So Krishna is actually giving us another alternative that we can perform his devotional. If we perform his devotional service, then uh, there's no karma. It's called our karma. Because anything we offer to Krishna, then he just absorbs it, he directly blesses us. It's out of the material frame. There's a verse in the Bhagavad Gita that says, Mam Chajo Vavichari Na Bhakti Jo Gena Sevate Sagunan Samachitai Kalbamabhuvaya Kalpati. That every time we offer our service to Krishna in Bhakti Yoga, that it, uh, it's uh, transcendental to the three modes of material nature. It's not in the mode of ignorance or passion or even goodness. It's in pure goodness. It's in the transcendental mode. And by offering that service to Krishna, then Krishna directly reciprocates with us and directly gives us his blessings. So it's a, they're on transcendental platform. So this kind of activity that bhakti yoga yogis offer, they use their senses. It's like today I think uh, Taruni and uh, Jagatpati have prepared, along with some other devotees, have prepared a feast 
You see, so this, uh, using your tongue by eating the teeth, that is also a meditation. Is that a very difficult one? <laughs> uh, how many of you like to do that kind of meditation? Like that, we use our senses in Krishna's service, the eating prasadam. We want some of you to serious bhakti yogi, then they'll avoid eating anything but prasadam. They'll try to offer everything they eat to Krishna. When they're traveling, when it's not possible, then they have some kind of emergency mantra. You can say, Shri Vishnu, Shri Vishnu, Shri Vishnu, and eat it. But they avoid meat, fish, and eggs, and things that Krishna doesn't uh, accept. So like this, in the bodies, by their diet, by their, by chant, meditating on Krishna's name, chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare so this way you're also meditating by chanting and hearing. Just like even here in this uh, community, we don't have a temple yet, but of course we have a small here, the house temple of Jagatapi and Karuni. So we're able to come here and see their deities, but we don't have like a central temple yet. But still, we can. everyone can practice in your own house. You can have uh, some deities or come to the different Grihastas house and have to participate. But anywhere you go, whether in your car, whether walking, whether sitting in the beach, whether in the forest, whether in your closet, wherever you like to, you can, or just out on the lawn, you can chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, So, we're talking a little bit about Brahma. Actually, after Brahma stole Krishna's calves and cows, coward boys rather, he was feeling really guilty that why did I do that? Why did I uh, act so impudently with Krishna? And he decided that uh, he wanted to get forgiven, really he wanted to get some kind of special blessing that he wouldn't do this again. He's, he's already actually, Brahma is over 50 years old. He lives 100 years, he's over 50. Exactly how many Yes, yes, I don't know, but it's, he's over, half his life is over. So, kind of middle age crisis uh, situation here, why am I being so uh, impudent with Krishna, to steal his uh, devotees and testing him, and I want to get love of Krishna, I don't want to remain in this kind of uh, situation. Then uh, Brahma, who is the original living entity in the universe, like I was just in Trivandrum for an Ayurvedic health cure, and there they have the deity of Padmanava. I don't know if you've uh, ever seen the Padmanava. Anybody seen Padmanava Devi in Kerala? No, what? Okay, Mahabharata, my secretary. Anybody else? So this uh, deity, there's about eight different deities in India which are considered to be like a very special deity who are manifesting as and having some eternal leela, like Krishna and Vrindavan is eternally in childhood pastime. Krishna and Badri uh, Nath, he is always meditating. Since Krishna and Jagannath Puri, he is always eating 56 times a day. <laughs> Krishna in, uh, in Mayapur, he is always as a devotee. So I said, this, uh, this Padmanabha, he is lying down on the Anantasesha. It's a form of Garbhodakshaya Vishnu, that Vishnu enters into the empty universe and from his navel comes a, a spiritual, a special kind of a subtle lotus flower and from the, that lotus flower Brahma is born. 
Lakshmi, his uh, consort, is massaging his feet by his side. She's not needed to give birth to the son. He's, his, he's all his mother, father, everything. He, he's an expansion of Krishna. So there you can see the deity and he's got from his navel this Brahma coming, this Modus coming, this Brahma on the top. So, like that, Brahma is also son of uh, Vishnu. Vishnu is his father. So that deity kind of shows that Viva. So Brahma, he decided that I'm going to go to Navadvitam and Lord Chaitanya is going to appear in the Kali Yuga 5,000 years later after Krishna leaves, so maybe I can get his blessings and I get love for Godhead. But he's always eternally residing in Navadvitam. Here in the middle there's the Lord Gauranga, he's eternally residing in Navadvitam. So then Lord Chaitanya, then uh, rather uh, uh, Brahma, he was worshipping Lord Chaitanya. So he started to chant the name of Lord Chaitanya. One of Lord Chaitanya's names is Gauranga. Gora means golden and Anga means form or body. The one has a golden form or golden body. So then Brahma starts chanting this name, Gauranga. 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 So then Lord Chaitanya appeared to Lord Brahma. The beautiful golden form is like seven feet tall, it's that two meters, fifteen or something like that, more or less. And his uh, arms are so long that he puts his arm by his, uh, it goes down to his knees. He's got his three marks on his neck. He's got a very broad chest, narrow waist, very beautiful smile. So when he appeared, Lord Brahma made his obeisances, fell down on the ground with his forehead. Brahma had his forehead, so he fell down and offered his uh, respect. He got up, wanted to offer prayers, came overwhelmed and seeing the form of Lord Chaitanya, fell down again, offering obeisance. Lord Gauranga asked, why did you call me? What do you want? So Brahma said, you see, half my life is already over, still I commit offenses, I... I stole your cows and calves and your Krishna Leela. I tend to be uh, impudent and uh, disrespectful sometimes. I want to get purified from all these offenses and I want to develop my pure love for you. So give me your blessing for this. So Lord Chaitanya said, Tathastaha, okay, so be it. I'm going to give you the mercy. You're going to appear as as uh, in a Mohammedan family, in a non-Hindu family, which means you're going to have to be very humble and tolerant because people are going to 
not appreciate when you chant Hare Krishna. You're going, to be, you're going to chant 300,000 names of Krishna a day. You'll be known as the Namacharya, the spiritual master of the holy name. And your name will be Haridas. And you're going to be one of my associates in my Viva. So like this he gave him a blessing. So Lord Brahma came down and became Haridas Thakur. And participated in Lord Goranga's Viva. Like this, even the greatest personalities of the universe, different angels, different celestial beings, they come down to participate in Lord uh, Chaitanya's pastimes. I don't know if any of you come from any other planets, uh, celestial planets. You all look very uh, divine and pure, but uh, you probably won't reveal that to us anyway. But Sometimes this can happen that people do come from other planets just to join the Sanketan movement. Because it's the easiest way to get a free ticket, to get a very cheap ticket back to Godhead. And it's very pleasantly uh, performed. Krishna said, whoever surrenders to me, I'll protect him, I'll take him back to me. But very hard for normally for people to surrender the Lord Chaitanya taught that we just chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare And we start to practice bhakti yoga. It's very simple. And we can actually, uh, and this is a very practical, easy way. It became a very easy process. Like feasting and Krishna Prasad, chanting, dancing, doing some of these ceremonies. It's not a very complicated thing. And by doing that, we can get actually Krishna's mercy. And we can get back to Krishna very easily by Lord Chaitanya's special blessings on us. So like this Brahma, he came down again, took birth on this planet as a human being just to be part of Lord Chaitanya's pastime. So we're very fortunate. We can also be part. These pastimes are still going on. So that Lord Chaitanya's movement would be on this planet for 10,000 years. So we can hook up with it now, we can chant, we can practice, uh, we don't have to. You can practice from your own home, practice in, in your own speed, whatever way you like to. And this way gradually build up your spiritual strength. Gradually purify yourself from uh, material contaminations and karmas and establish yourself on the transcendental platform. So Krishna comes down to attract, but not so many people took advantage of Krishna's coming. So he came again as a devotee. A devotee has a little more of a kind of a moral right. I do, I worship Krishna, you should also worship. Because the Lord Chaitanya came as a devotee, this is how you worship Krishna. Then, there's an interesting, uh, someone told me recently, uh, in uh, May I was in Mexico for the Ratyatra there, and one uh, Jagat Chakshu Prabhu, a powerful disciple, my godbrother, he told me that he found a book from the 1800s that a Christian theologian went to India and, and the name of the book was uh, Journey to Gorakhpur in Search of Jesus Outside of Christianity. Something like that. Maybe that's not the exact concept, but something in that direction. So he was a Christian theologian. He went and so when he got to India, somehow he came in contact with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's history, uh, life history. So in his book he wrote that anywhere in the world, east or west, we don't find another example better than Lord Chaitanya of total communion with God, total love of God, 
that he would, he would, he would, when he was in his uh, loving ecstasies and appreciation of the glories of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, that he would, he would be uh, manifest, he would be crying, he would be having these ecstatic symptoms which we don't see anywhere in the world. Such an amazing kind of ecstatic symptom. And then he, he also uh, noticed that even in the final pastimes of his life, he would be together with some intimate devotees and they would be discussing uh, very intimately sharing their realizations about the Supreme Lord and becoming uh, in a, also deep ecstasy and uh, crying in appreciation for the wonders of the Supreme Personality. So he wrote, uh, he, he somehow is a very neutral, objective person. He really appreciated Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That was kind of interesting because usually the, nowadays people kind of tend to put up their barricades between the different religions and there's not so much appreciation of one or another, but apparently he went with a very open mind and he had this kind of realization that Lord Chaitanya is offering something which he had never seen offered before in any other saint or, or personality, whether east, west, north, south. So like that, we hope that in the future people will be able to appreciate Lord Chaitanya, that he's actually giving us Krishna, giving us the personality of God in a way, revealing that we didn't know before. So, anyway, as part of our celebration today, Taruni uh, Devi Dasi is taking her second initiation, which will kind of an ordination, she'll become an official priest. So that's, uh, that's one. Then also, uh, we have uh, Amber, who's a uh, She's expecting and uh, she's in the sixth month of uh, pregnancy, so fourth, sixth or eighth month there's a ceremony can perform which is called the Shimanta Naina, which blesses her, her partner, her uh, child and so we were all set up for that, we got all the ingredients, so you could probably go out. I could go out talking, but probably should not really get too late as uh, we can do those ceremonies. We'll finish up with an RT here, and then uh, there'll be a feast. So these things don't take too long. The, this uh, Srimanta Nayana ceremony is about 15 minutes. And the uh, initiation ceremony, well, the Yagya is about 12 minutes. Maybe within a half an hour we can, we can finish. And just let me speak a few words. One thing is for us in the Vedic culture, we like in Krishna consciousness, Prabhupada said having children is always a matter of rejoicing. Because we want to, human beings have an opportunity to get back to Krishna, so we want to give them that opportunity. And for us, that, that having uh, children is a nice uh, matter of rejoicing, it's a good opportunity to get together. When you have, anybody's having this like three, four ceremonies you can have during the pregnancy, even after the child's born, there's, there's the, well, there's some things that are more private, like the birth ceremony, but then there's Namakarna, giving the name of the baby, <coughs> then there's Anaprasana, which is giving the first grain to offer to Krishna, give the first grain. Sometimes uh, people do elaborate uh, celebrations for that, or sometimes they do it very simple. Depends what they want to do, but it's, a, it's an excuse or a reason you could do a festival for have a cross and give everybody a feast. <laughs> Your child's having a first day. And this way, it's also an opportunity. Everyone likes festivals and likes to get together and 
it's also a nice social exchange, but it's all based around trying to spiritualize our family, spiritualize our relationships, and give uh, blessings to their children so that they can not only be successful materially and healthy materially, but that they can also spiritually achieve uh, success in their life. So we do have uh, about this called Dasam Samskara. It's about ten different uh, uh, these kind of purificatory rituals. Perhaps I think a few more than ten, but more or less ten, maybe thirteen or fourteen. Because they have like this, when you first cut the hair, it's called Mundan. There's a few others that maybe not always in the, they're not the main ones, but uh, they're also done together. So, but this one, uh, Simantanaina, we performed, uh, was an Indudumna Swami, and we did, uh, we had uh, all these different samskaras for the, for the newly born babies and the expecting mothers, uh, couples. Uh, we had a ceremony on the stage one time, because every year I had to do the weddings, I do, I was overseeing like weddings. And then one year I said, why not do some scars? We didn't have any people to get married, so we could do some scars. So that's uh, like the purificatory rituals. So we got like 15 people on the stage in South Africa, different stages of pregnancy and, uh, <laughs> and uh, with babies and to do these different ceremonies. So it was something that just many people, even modern Indians, uh, maybe South India, they still do this more. In some parts of India, they do more. Some places they're a bit modernized and they forgot really how to do some of these things. So, and in the West, it's not much opportunity to do it. So we like to also promote this kind of blessings for the children because after the child gets a certain age, they really can't do too much on their own. Right? They're totally dependent on their parents. So they can also get spiritual uh, blessings from the parents do these different ceremonies, but also the mother gets blessings, the father, everybody. So we're going to have one of those ceremonies. Uh, I'll, the Sanskrit, but I'll read the translations uh, for the, uh, what the blessings mean. We'll need the help from some uh, mothers, married mothers with children. We have, you know, that can also, at the end, they have to give blessings to the couple. We have anyone like that? Still <laughs> okay. Yeah, this uh, from uh, what's uh, the doctor who is helping me? How about Krishnamar's disciple? Yeah. Oh, there she is. Okay. That'll be the final, final thing. Sometimes they do this ceremony in the morning and they have to wait till the stars come out at night and then until then the, 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 uh, the mother has to be silent, only can chant Hare Krishna or say, cannot just engage in normal conversation. So I told Amber she's really because doing this in the evening she don't have to... Uh, <laughs> sometimes the husband say, can we do this more often? <laughs> but, <laughs> then we have the second initiation only we get we, uh, we enter into spiritual life we take the first initiation where we get the we get a new spiritual name we get our beads we get the neck beads we take vows and we practice Krishna consciousness as initiated devotee bhakti yogi or yogini 
And then uh, that's our offering to Krishna. But after a minimum one year, usually people wait more. How many years do you wait since your first initiation? Three years. Three years. Some people even wait longer, but then they can get also another initiation, which is called the Pancharatiki. We get our human birth, that's from our biological parents. We get our birth uh, of the first initiation, that's from our guru, so that's called the guru janma, being born from the guru, by spiritual, by mantra. And then there's the yajig janam, which is uh, the uh, birth for sacrifice, to be able to lead the sacrifices and perform yajas. Actually in Moscow there's uh, a couple, that the head pujari and his wife both do fire yajas. Today, so the ladies doing fire I don't see too much earlier, but in the Puranas it's mentioned that sometimes ladies should do yagya, so mm. if they have the mantras they can do. But at least they do the daily worship and so this uh, giving this uh, this uh, these are secret mantras, so I won't be able to Hare Krishna is a public mantra. She's already got that now I'll give seven more secret mantras called Gayatri, which will be chanting uh, Mentally. You know, that's seven, there's seven, each one you have to chant ten times, three times a day. That's seventy times three is two hundred ten extra mantras. I mean, you're sure you really, you really want to take on this additional, you're already working so hard. Are you willing to take on this uh, two hundred ten additional mantras? You're all <laughs> But this mantras help us to control our mind. They help, they bring us closer to the spiritual master in Krishna, puts us on the fast track of spiritual life. I mean, already being first initiated is uh, much faster than not being initiated, but it puts us on the track. And the second initiation puts us on the fast track, the fast lane of the spiritual life. So, we want everybody to give blessing both to Amber and her family. Her mother's here. Wow, thanks, the whole plan. <laughs> the whole dynasty. <laughs> we heard Amber's mother used to uh, do service at Mawalamba. Oh, no, oh, that's your dad. Oh, dad. <laughs> so, dad went there and brought the family so they'd have a long connection with Krishna. All these things are on our bank account. Anything you do for it all came in your base. Many of you bathe the deities. You carry Hare Krishna, you can participate in this yagya. In fact, those who like to, you can again wash their hands and give them some grapes. When we do the yagya, they can throw, well, especially the last yagya. We do two yagyas. One is the one for Amber, that's called, that's with a fire called Mangala. And that's more specifically for the people auspicious. It's for, for the family, people in the family way. And then there's, uh, the second one is called the Vaishnava Homa where we do uh, the prayers to the different Vaishnavas and the Guru Parampara. So that one's more applicable for everybody. They can throw the grains and then. So this is to give you all a big spiritual boost. And this goes, you have like, uh, you have a good karma, bad karma account. And then you have a spiritual account called Sukriti. And the, uh, if you can deposit your Sukriti account, you can cash it in for good karma if you want. Or you can use it just uh, to buy a ticket back to Godhead. When you get enough balance there, then you go back to Krishna. So you want to really build up your Sukriti account that can change your whole uh, future, make it very auspicious. 
by doing that also it burns out bad karma. Or you should do good karma doesn't burn out bad karma. There's two separate accounts. You do something harmful for someone else that goes in your bad karma account. Or for yourself for that matter. And if you do good karma, it goes in your good karma account, but it doesn't black out. It seems you get to enjoy your good karma first, but the bad karma is staying. You want to get rid of bad karma, you have to do sacrifice. So tell you where the sacrifice is worshiping Krishna, chanting Krishna's name, so we can counteract the negative influences in our life, we can put ourselves in a positive path for spiritual progress. So this especially at Krishna appears, we celebrate that so that we give everybody a blessing. This is my first visit to Cairns, so I'm very happy to be here. I feel very much at home because I live in Mayapur, which is a tropical it's on the Tropic of uh, Cancer. I don't know if this is Tropic of Capricorn or something down here. So this kind of reverse image, uh, mirror image. But uh, we're right on the tropic and uh, we also have a lot of bananas and coconuts and beetle nuts and all kinds of uh, tropical trees. So this reminds me of kind of the vibration being back in my airport. Nice to see. I also Every year I go to Hawaii and I have some devotees there who are having a house program. So it's also kind of reminds me a little bit of the Hawaii mood. Everybody's wearing their casual dress. <laughs> <laughs> so like that. Uh, but I hope this won't be the last time and I'll be able to come back. And later on after the time, if anybody wants to ask me any questions or if there's some way that if you'd like to keep in touch with me or anything, I... I, I use email on our website. You can also be in contact if you like. You can come and approach me about that. You can share our email. I want to just uh, express I went to the restaurant today. It's very beautiful. Nice, uh, clean restaurant. Nice, a lot of seats. I want to appreciate Tony and Jagatpati for their service uh, to maintain us uh, kind of a base here for Krishna consciousness, also for their service and facilitating that people get together and uh, they worked very hard for a couple of years now. They've been asking me to come to Cairns. This time I was brought actually to uh, Australia by Sydney. They're having this uh, on the 2nd of September, a big uh, stadium they're renting. Uh, 15,000 people are supposed to be there. So that attracted me like as a Minister of Congregational and Community Development in, uh, in Iskand. Mm-hmm. To see that, I think that's one of the rare things that you see actually rent the stadium. <laughs> So I'll check it out. In fact, when I was flying back from uh, from Australia in June, going to Bombay, right next to me uh, on the seat there was uh, a person who settled in Australia. I forget his engineer or something, and his his uh, forefathers are from Goa, a Portuguese uh, settlement in India, and so he's uh, come from a Roman Catholic background. His name is Anthony, but he's an Indian body. And, uh, but he told me that he went last year to that festival, although he's not a Hindu, but he went because it's called Festival of India and they celebrate Krishna Gita with a lot of different festivities, dancing. And he told me he wanted to bring his children so they could know something about their roots, something about Indian culture. And, uh, despite coincidence, the person I'm riding with is telling me. So that, when they invited me that I should come and they helped to cover the ticket. The blind chair, the chair of the ticket, well, and then, uh, so I'll be there for that. That's why I'm here tomorrow, I'm going back to Sydney, first, second, I'll be there. 
And then I was invited to go to America for the 4th of September Jamaskavi in Atlanta. They also offered to pay half my ticket. So because of the uh, international dateline, I leave Australia on the 3rd and I'll reach uh, Atlanta also on the 3rd. <laughs> I actually arrive before I take off. <laughs> so like some kind of mystical <laughs> time arrangement. I can attend. I thought I was just attending two Janmatsu. Now you're having one here, so that's actually three. <laughs> so I kind of addicted to festivals. I like to go to different festivals. So. Then from there I, I go to uh, Rome. And in Milano, in Italy, they're having a Ratiatra, so I'll be at that festival, then I have to go back to India for our national meetings and so on. Life goes on as normal. <laughs> but I like, quick round-the-world tour visiting some temp- uh, festivals. So I'm happy to share a little bit of festivities with you all here. And I uh, hope that I'll be able to regularly come. And uh, they also always ask me to come for the Ratiatra. I think it's... But usually it's conflicts with Radhastami. Because I'm committed in Mayapur because uh, Radharani is the creator of Mayapur, Mabhadi This is one of our big festivals. And Radharani is the mercy uh, form of the Lord, so I need a lot of mercy. So I used to go in Mayapur and Radhastami. But maybe because of the lunar calendars and this is fixed west, some year we'll be able to come here for the Ratyatra. It showed me the route today, so it's very interesting. So thank you very much. Any question? Pardon? Indi Bodhi was in a ruined door. Bengali. Indi, you said Mimi. 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 Kuchi. Kuchi in Bengali. Jingi Bodhi. Oh no, that was Jinapoka. 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 Which actually translates in Bengali to mean. Lightning bug. Lightning bug. Your own new, new teaching Bengali to the ladies, yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready? Malo access. Hindi is of course more spoken around India, but uh, Bengali, Bangladesh and India is also almost as many people speak it in the world, but Hindi is probably more useful in one sense, but uh, Bengali also has uh, many scriptures written. Mm-hmm. And Bengali is a little easier to learn, I think, because it's more Sanskrit and less a complicated grammar. But uh, mm-hmm. I also learned a little Hindi. I learned Tamil now, that's a tough. Totally different. Like the uh, roots between, if you learn one and the other, you can learn the other easy. Like Bengali, Amijago, Ja is the root mm-hmm. of the verb for go, and Bo means future. Jabo, Kabo. Yeah. So the same root is there in the, in the North Indian languages. Mm-hmm. So Hindi, my Jaunga, mm-hmm. I will eat, my Jaunga, I will go. So the Ja, Ka, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. It's the ending. Once you memorize the endings, you got to all the verbs. translate across all the verbs. All the Without exception, all the grammatical tenses. That's it. You got mm-hmm. it. There's a few, but two slang things you got to pick out from the accent. I didn't have the accent in Hindi. I still have a thing I never met for expression. But in Bhaskani, but in Tamil, it's totally different. Like uh, Anga there, Inga here, Wanga mm-hmm. come here. I just they have different. It's a different. <laughs> 
But this also is a beautiful poetry in Tamil. A great uh, saint, Awan. Okay, so.